welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, the official podcast of hardcore bowhunters. From the latest archery equipment and expert shooting advice to proven bowhunting tactics and the sport's biggest personalities, we've got you covered. Now, here's your host, Editor Christian Bird. All right, welcome back to Peterson's Bow Hunting Radio. We are the voice of bow hunting, and uh, today is a really cool episode because, you know, there's an old saying that goes like this what's old is new again. And that's true in more ways than one for today's show because uh, today I've got an old uh, friend of Peterson's bow hunting and of me personally on the line, uh, and that's none other than Mr. John Dudley of Knock On. Uh, Dud, welcome back to Peterson's bow hunting radio. It's been a while. I know you call me old already. I am. I am definitely grayer than than last time. That happens on a daily basis, so I'll take it. You're definitely getting uh, older. And uh, but you're still never going to catch me, so that's the good news. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm 46. Dang it, you're yeah. way more spunky than me. Well, I might be spunky, but I'm not as tall, and I'd rather be I'd rather be tall. Um, so yeah, I mean, those of you who are listening, and if you're a reader of the magazine, you know that John was a, a key contributor for us in recent years, uh, almost in every issue. And then a funny thing happened where this whole thing known as Knock On just kind of literally exploded and went, uh, I don't know, just bananas. And I would say, you know, just because of your lack of time, you know, you haven't been really uh, doing anything for us. Uh, over the last year or so, but man, it uh, it's good to reconnect today, and there's a lot of exciting news to catch up on. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind, no doubt about it. Uh, I wish I don't know. I, it's it's fun when you're in the moment, but at the same time, I wish I had had the ability to kind of slow down and and enjoy some of the stuff that's going on. But you know, I think anytime people have been in a business that kind of is having its moment, you know, things happen really fast and you just want to maximize every opportunity while that time's happening. And, you know, hopefully I'll be able to look back at it and remember some of the cool stuff too. But for right now, yeah, it's just going mad crazy. Yeah. You definitely don't want to, um, you know, go through your your proverbial 15 minutes of fame without, you know, wringing every drop of moisture out of that sponge. And uh, along those lines, uh, let's just re- jump right into the sort of big news, quote unquote, from the 2020 ATA show. And that was uh, you announcing a, a major big deal, a new partnership with PSE Archery, which um, again, as I said at the beginning of the show, it's funny, what's old is new again. And I talked about you being an old friend of, of the brand. Uh, but also, what's old is new again with PSE. It's because you talked a lot about how PSE was the very first bow that you ever shot. And just by 
you know, it's kind of coincidental, but cool for, for the purposes of today's show. My first bow was a PSE. So, you know, we're coming around full circle. Um, but let me just throw that at you. I mean, it's a big move. Everyone associates you with Hoyt, and that's no secret. And I thought that you did a pretty classy job of, of addressing that before the PSE announcement came out. But, like, considering how long you had been with Hoyt and how much of your brand was really tied in with them, uh, it obviously had to be a huge, huge decision for you to go ahead and make this switch. It was a decision that was bigger than myself. I mean, I've said that a number of times, but the truth of it is I've – I spent probably months and months and months and the majority of every night that I was kind of by myself in a hunting camp laying in, you know, a a strange bed location where I probably wasn't sleeping that great, you know, thinking about, you know, this whole decision. And the one thing that just kept repeating itself is, you know, this isn't something that I'm doing just for me. This is something that I'm doing that's going to allow our community to be able to have some freedoms that it just isn't in the cards with some of the other companies out there to work. And, you know, PSE did a good job of announcing it's, it's a partnership. And that's one of the things that I've always really strived for with people that I work with is, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be a mutual relationship. And I guess as an ambassador, you know, you need to be an investment for that company, not an expense. And, you know, I've been internal at companies and, you know, I worked inside of bow companies for a long time, as you know, and I've certainly had our fair share of people that were expense and and not an investment. And I just know that I, I didn't personally ever want to be in that situation. And I had to look at it that way. And honestly, the first thing I felt like I needed to do when these things got put in front of me was I had to share it with Hoyt and just tell him, you know, these are the things that I'm going to have to think seriously about over the next six months. And, you know, they they kind of were part of that process with me. And then and then in the end, um, about, I think, late. September or early October, um, I had such an awesome conversation with Randy Walk, the president at Hoyt, because his team there, uh, mainly Mike Looper and and Jeremy, um, Mike was just so passionate about this change. I mean, he was literally at my house the next day that I told him that. And I was very clear and transparent with some of the things that I wanted to work towards. One of them, you know, there was, there was many, but there was one that stood out was the ability to create with things that our followers were going to respond to and by using our followers. And then also having the support at things where a lot of our, you know, quote unquote, knock on nation community people would be able to go and kind of have access to and there were just things that it was apparent were were very favorable and the one person I guess I have to say you know that kind of came forward with something bigger than what I would have ever asked for or you know someone who really saw the bigger picture was Pete Shepley you know he he came back in uh, took back control of PSE 
um, really wants to to see, you know, it's 50 years for PSE, which is amazing. Pete's one of the the very few um, living compound designers that are still alive. Um, and he just kind of did the thing that he had to do so that his legacy as a company would would have assurance to move forward and and uh again you said it yourself you know there's there's pse roots in almost every person that i personally know and he's trying to to make those roots grow again and this was just in my opinion a very you know, he went all in and personally, I think it was a, a good choice. Cause like you said, you have to make old new again. And that is what's going to happen because our demographic is new and we're going to be able to recreate that, you know, and enjoy it just like I did when I was young and, and came through this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talked about Pete, you know, being one of the, you know, the last sort of original compound designers. Uh, and so, you know, who's still alive and, and just coming full circle. Um, you know, again, that whole old new theme, you even think about, um, I think about my relationship with you, you know, it's funny because I don't know how many years it goes back now, you know, six, seven, eight years, I don't remember exactly, but you had actually approached me uh, about wanting to write articles for Peterson's, and then we met at an ATA show, and I don't even remember what year it was, but I can remember, you know, at that time, just how you were so enthusiastic about writing for the magazine and print in today's media landscape is, you know, pretty old school. And at the same time, while you were doing a lot of writing for us, you uh, were developing Knock On, you know, uh, which started out, you know, really with just some kind of like uh, home videos, if you will. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but you know what I'm talking about. Some things you were doing with some buddies and then eventually became the, the TV show on the Sportsman Channel. And then when you left the network and said, you know, I'm going to go do all digital, a lot of people people thought you were kind of crazy, but it just brings us full circle to the beginning of the show because why, you know, not the only reason, but why, why is one of the major reasons why you were so attractive, you know, whether it be to PSE or any of your partners is like, you've been at the forefront of this new uh, transition in, in outdoor media where everything pretty much that you're doing nowadays is traveling through social media and you've developed, you know, such a, not only a significantly sized following, but I think the key for you is the engagement that you have with your audience and you're connecting with these people on a personal level. And it's through these new mediums, as you said, it's a new demographic. It's not it's not the same audience that I reach with Peterson's bow hunting. I reach a large audience with Peterson's bow hunting, and you reach a large audience uh, in what you do. But the overlap between our audiences is not necessarily, you know, huge. So that's where you know there's room to kind of get you know different people involved in the sport of archery. My emphasis, and I feel like a big part of what I'm bringing to the to the archery world is I'm bringing in 
you know, not new pies, but probably like new muffins. You know, I've got like these, these small demographics that are some, some dud muffins. (laughs) That's, that's not like a stud muffin. It's a dud muffin. And every time (laughs) yeah, if I can bring in a bunch of dud muffins and those dud muffins, maybe they come into the brand that I'm personally bringing them to at first, but then they also, you know, they also come in and start to then see, oh, wow, there's tons of brands in archery and there's lots of options. And this person over here's um, got a cool Instagram page or this person over here has a cool YouTube channel. Like that's just the natural thing that ha- that happens. You know, there's people that find me that haven't necessarily came in because of me. They came in because they saw someone else. You know, maybe they maybe they saw a meat eater on Netflix and then started going down that thing. And then all of a sudden saw me cooking a steak and got onto my YouTube page and then started seeing like me teaching archery. And then they started putting two to, you know, and maybe they saw a hunt with me and Rogan. And they're like, oh, that's that guy that was, you know, on Rogan's podcast. So, you know, it's like we need to keep throwing these dud muffins into the into the archery pie so that it just becomes a bigger pie and if the percentages among the companies stay the same but the number itself is getting bigger than then I feel like in a way I feel like I'm going to be able to help everybody it's just you know maybe on the short term side people are so focused on the fact of you know, well, he left Hoy and he's going here. There was, there was so much that went into that. And there's just no other way that that decision could have went without me, you know, without me literally putting a serious baffle on, you know, the momentum that we have right now, because the truth is if, if I wanted to make a move for money, um, I could have done that three contracts ago. You know, I've had monetary offers higher than my Hoyt offer for the for the past three contracts, and my loyalty meant more than the difference of the monetary. Um, and you know, there was a there was very very few people that that said anything negative. But you know, the reality is a lot of the things or the common thing that was said of well, you just sold out. Honestly, if I wanted to sell out. The sellout would have been to go to the place with the highest, the highest, you know, guaranteed paycheck on the front end and not have a bunch of weight put on me of how much is our community, you know, going to support the things that we're doing. So I feel like I found a happy medium kind of in every aspect of this decision as possible. The ATA show had buzz again, and there's been a long time since I've seen it that way. Yeah, so you're basically saying, you know, let's draw an analogy. I know you played a lot of ball back in your day. You're in. You're basically saying, I'm going to see if I'm understanding what you're just telling me right, okay? You, you're like a professional athlete, and you were a free agent. And, you know, you, you chose not to take that 
that guaranteed money, you chose to take a contract that was incentive laden because you're willing to take a chance on yourself and your community. And so what you're basically telling me is, you know, PSE may not have been the most upfront guaranteed dollars, but there's opportunities there in terms of flexibility and partnership and things that you're going to be able to do that are attractive to you, you know, both on a personal and professional level and secondarily, uh, you know, with this bow and perhaps some other things that will come down the line financially it's also you know quite possibly the best long-term deal for you as you develop that and prove yourself and, and allow people to embrace what you're doing so did i catch that right oh yeah and i mean i think it's i think it's fair to say that you know my 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 comment to Pete and what I told everybody was just at the age that I'm at right now, I don't, I'm not wanting to. to how, 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 how old are you now, John? Because I told you how old I was. Okay. You're three years younger than me. Yeah. So, so what, what is it now at 43? Are you starting to say like you're an old man? You don't want to make these decisions? What? No. Well, I just feel like I don't want to, I don't want to shuffle around. So I made it very clear to, to everybody that, Regardless of where I go, this is going to be the last time that that this that I'm going to move. And I told people that this was this was going to be, you know, pretty much a retirement decision for me and a long term deal. And, um, you know, when I when I finally made my decision and I think it might have been I don't know, might have been November or something, uh, even though kind of even though both parties involved knew kind of the writing on the wall, it still took till maybe November or something before I really, you know, came forward and just made that commitment and sent, sent Pete a text that just said like, you know, I'm all in, you know, I'm looking forward to retiring where I started. And, and I mean that, you know, I feel like I have the ability to now to where, um, I can create, new models if I want to and put our name on it, or I can create models directly with the PSC guys for models that are specific to them. Um, and I can focus on education. I can focus on dealer schools. I can host dealer schools. I can, I can, you know, if I want to implement a brand new, like, you know, dealer certification program to where, you know, we offer a free course for, for dealers to come down and, and, you know, be there through a certification thing to where now when people ask me, you know, hey, what is a shop where you know that you can trust? I can say, well, here's a map that shows you everyone that I've personally seen set up bows and put them together and, and you know, and, and th that have gone through certain types of certification processes. I mean, I have the ability to do any of that stuff now and where I go each year, I guess, is just a matter of where the cards are falling. And um, I just wouldn't have been able to do that anywhere else. It, it would have just not fit the bill. And um, I don't know. I feel really, really happy about the move that I made. And honestly, I haven't really talked about the product, but, you know, the product is good. Um, there's been there were years where, you know, I was I was wanting you to shoot the Hoyt cause I got you one and, or, you know, set up one for you. But I saw you go on some hunts with PSEs and you're like, dud, I'm telling you this bow shoots a lot, you know, a lot better than what people give it credit for. And you weren't the only one. There was very close friends of mine 
that told me the same exact thing. And finally, um, a PSE rep that I grew up with, um, that used to shoot with me way back in the day when I was an amateur, sent me one and just said, no strings attached. I just want you to try one of the newer Evolve cams and one of our newer bows. And yeah, I set it up just like I have Bowtex and Matthews and, you know, I've set up Matthews for the last three years. I've set up Bowtex, you know, not this past year, but for the two years prior to that. And yeah, I, it definitely is a very under-evaluated and underrated bow. And I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with marketing and there's some people that are really good at making sure the, the people out there know every single thing about their product and certainly there's been times where PSE has done a really poor job of that and and other companies were able to really take advantage of it. But, you know, we're we're going to really try to change that moving forward. And, you know, as I take on uh, roles with with people internal internally, then, you know, that stuff is definitely going to turn around and it's going to change. Well, I think that's a good jumping off point to. Uh, you know, set the stage for talking more about your brand new bow. But before we do that, you know, kind of tying in with a couple things you said in the last couple minutes, you know, one thing you mentioned is when you look at the major bow manufacturers, you know, whether it's a Matthews, a Hoyt, a PSE, you know, I'd even throw a Bowtech uh, in, the, in, the, in the mix, you know, some others, everything is cyclical, right? So it might go for a few years and you feel like, you know, one one company's doing a really good job with this, another company's doing a good job with that. And, you know, for me, it's nice being on the print side of things. We have advertisers, but I don't have direct personal sponsors, right? So I get to shoot a little bit of everything. And I enjoy kind of seeing how things evolve over the years. You know, one thing that I saw just personally with PSE is when they first went to that X-Force platform, um, their bows were so high performance and Pete has always been great at making super fast bows, but I just personally didn't um, prefer the aggressive cams that they rode for you know quite a number of years with that but more recently as they've gone to that evolve cam they've brought back a little bit more of that valley and comfort to go along with the performance and you know that's made a big difference for me in wanting to start hunting again with pse as I had when I was first getting started. And another thing that ties in really into your world because you cross the boundaries between bow hunting and target shooting and competitive archery. Um, boy, the, the platform that PSE is running now on the target side with that Performex, that has just really impressed a lot of people. And I, I heard so much buzz about that Performex last year and some people in my area here who are some of the top local, you know, target shooters that were switching from other brands to the PSE and couldn't tell me enough about it. I actually reached out to Bobby and I got a Performex 3D last year and set that up. And that's what I'm running for, you know, the little bit of target shooting that I do. But, uh, 
I mean, I do. I think PSE is on the upswing, and there there's a resurgence there, and not just because of you, but really, um, you know, not to take anything away from you, John, but before you before you got there, they were putting some things in the works that are that are going to you know that were turning in the positive direction, and you're just going to to add that and help to spread the word on that and bring it hopefully, like you said, to to that many more people who can see that what PSE has been doing is is worth taking note of. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree totally. And one of the things um, this this actually came up a year ago, and a big reason why. I think it was a big reason why I had so many people kind of talking to me about this this long-term contract that I had with Hoyt that was coming to an end. One of the things that I was strongly debating was literally going out and spending equal amount of time with each of the brands that supported what I was doing rather than put myself into one corner. And you know, I kind of made that proposal to the big three and said, you know, what if I didn't have just just one contract? What would you think about, you know, you and and Matthews and Hoyt or, you know, or depending on the, the conversation of who it was with? How would you feel about those me being able to, to shoot all three of those and, you know, be on one bow every month? And, you know, every so every every fourth month I'm coming around in a cycle type thing and. They just, you know, for for being able to market you and spend money on you, and I get it. Um, I think, I think people just didn't really feel like that fit what they, you know, they just didn't know how to market that. Right? It's hard to it's hard to market someone, and then they're. In a, you know, you said it would be. Hard. Well, I mean, right. I, I, th- I think it, I think it boils down to control, John, to a certain level, because I'm I'm kind of in that boat. Right. Because, you know, every company that we've talked about so far uh, on the show today is an advertiser with Peterson's bow hunting. And I shoot all of their bows, but none of those companies can call me up and say, well, we just want you to do this or we just want you to do that because we're, we're, we're sending you a check. You know what I mean? Because we're, we're trying to cover every, we're, really, it's funny because what you're talking about in the way that like, you know, you're basically saying a rising tide lifts all boats. And if we can promote the sport of archery and talk about the things that are worth getting excited about, the great products, the great opportunities, the fun that you can have, you know, all this stuff and grow then and kind of that's what like print was about all along you know like we're trying to you know help out everybody if you will but but if you look at somebody like yourself yeah these companies why would why would they want to share they'd be leery probably right they'd be like well how can he be doing for for you one day and another the next and nobody really owns him if you will uh and and you know maybe you're like well that's good because i don't want to be owned you know i want to be able to just be be um independent and just speak the truth yeah i mean part of me part of me really did and and like i said it uh it was apparent in other ones they they didn't want to give up that control, especially in some they were, you know, once they kind of started putting pen to the paper, it's like, well, you know, we actually, if there's going to be a check written, we want less of that, you know, and 
Pete was the only one that's just like, Hey, I like, I like the message you're throwing down about archery. I love what you're saying about archery and how you're growing the sport. You know, I think we need more of that. We need to, we don't need to just get people in archery. We need to keep people in archery. And I feel like, you know, he, he felt like he could trust me in navigating, um, that, you know, quote unquote neutrality, even though I was, you know, definitely within his corner, his corner. And yeah, I mean, it's, it was, uh, I don't know. It was a big move. And I guess the bow, the bow was evident, was just physical evidence that PSC could back me the way they said they did because the way it all came together and the product that, we were able to put forth at the ATA show. Um, just man, the response is crazy. Um, you know, three to four X PSE's biggest ATA show ever. Um, I think, I just think that it's going to be a good teamwork and a good synergy. All right. So let's dive right into it and talk about the new bow. Um, first of all, uh, I have a question for you that's bothered me ever since I first saw this thing. Why? Why is it? It's the. Is it the? It's the N T N. And I want to know how come it's not the N O N because it's Knock On Nation, isn't it? It's the Knock On Nation. But what's N T N stand for? Well, it's it's literally. I took. Um, I wrote out Nation first. Um, and then as I wrote that out on my board, which for those of you listening, you might want to go back, um, through my Instagram and look at a post that I made. Um, I think I made it around the 12th or, or something. And it's, it's a picture of my chalkboard and there's several photos that you can scroll through. And the second photo is where I wrote out the word nation. And then as I was looking at it, I kind of, there were three letters that stood out, which was NTN, which is an abbreviation of nation. And I kind of was visualizing making a font to where I could write the words knock on and nation um, as a negative within the, within those two N's. So yeah, the NTN is an abbreviation of nation. Um, I was trying to somewhat keep the, the PSE flavor for, you know, for that. And not to mention the bow itself is definitely built off the platform of that NXT, which, you know, when I first got bows to shoot, um, the NXT, I got a carbon. Yeah, and just and, and just to just to interrupt you, John, you're talking about the the Evo uh, NXT bow that they that they have came out with this year, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. And is that I see it's the thirty. Your bow's the thirty three. I know they have the thirty three. Do they offer that in in different axle to axle lengths? Yeah, and I'm not the best one to, to ask because honestly, I was very. I was very transparent with them that there was only so much I was going to dive into until my till my Hoyt contract expired. So I'm pretty new to like learning this. I'm basing it off of models that I got to to try. And yeah, they did have a 31, a 33, and a 35. Um, all of those, the cam system did feel a little bit different on those different platforms, but also the those risers did feel a little bit different in the hand. 
I did get one of the carbon max stealths or uh, mox. Sorry, the the carbon Mach ones. Um, the mm-hmm. Stealth, I think, was the one yeah, before the, that, but I got the Mach one. And yeah, this is the stealth. The stealth stealth Mach one is the is the new one. Carbon Air Stealth Mach 1. Yeah, and even though that one, like, when you hold it, immediately feels different than any other compound bow you've ever taken off the rack. You know, you almost feel like like you didn't pick it up the right way because it's so light. Um, and that is the flagship model. I just really had a few ideas that have kind of been lingering in my mind for quite some time that I knew – I could implement with aluminum, but not right now with carbon. So um, out of all those bows, um, the 33 was the model that really fit me well and I knew would cover the biggest spectrum of archers within our following. And yeah, the cam feel is certainly something that is really important to me. And this current cam, like you said, it's not like – there was years where PSE had these cams that were very demanding as have every company, you know, they've, I think every company have kind of gone down the, the speed rat hole. Um, but I'm just, I'm a, I'm an archer that really feels like I want to hit the target all the time. I don't want to miss it faster. So I really feel like there is a, a a common ground of having a cam that's very controllable and user friendly and does offer good speed and good efficiency, but isn't at the cost of the the person that's driving the bow, you know. So um that system worked really well. I did like it with the higher let off modules. You can adjust it from 80% to 90% by simply loosening one screw on the, on the draw peg and moving that, that cable stop location. Um, but within that system, it also had the ability for me to make a couple, I really wanted 10 changes. Now, some of them were cosmetic, Um, some of them were, you know, the simple thing of, I was able to facilitate a, a SICA license for, um, for PSE to finally be able to utilize Gore Optifade on their models. Um, so it's going to definitely have the SICA pattern available for the, for the limb graphics and possibly down the road for the riser graphics. Um, but there was also a few other things. One, um, I really wanted to. I really wanted to incorporate a slightly different cable guard system that didn't give the user the ability to like move that cable guard into different positions simply because you really don't know when that bow is taken out of the box if that cable rod has been put into the optimum position simply because of the fact you do have the ability to move it. Not to mention a lot of consumers don't understand like the importance of making sure it hasn't come loose or the angle hasn't changed because as you change that cable rod location, you change the pressures on the cables and you quickly start to change the, the torque ability, the tune ability, and, you know, also the clearance uh, for that system. So I wanted to embed their current cable rod, which has a really neat roller slide 
I wanted to embed that into the riser so that it it locked into that position and it wasn't able to move. And what we did was we kind of found the place where that thing is precisely locked into a zero tolerance position and has the best clearance. So if you have an Evo NXT compared to like the nation, you're going to see right away that the the rod system is actually embedded into the back of the riser and it's at an it's at a precise angle that was the mutual positioning based on my feedback as well as six other trusted people that were all setting that bow up and tuning it and saying this is where I think it's the best and we found that sweet spot um, which is kind of why we call it you know call it the you know, that precise lock, uh, cable guard. The other thing we had to do in order to make that happen was I told them I'm totally fine with them removing the multiple site hole locations. In the past, there was multiple site hole locations. And I feel like the people that are shooting this bow and this spec, they're really not needing to move that site up and down. Site manufacturers have became so good about making a site that covers the the vertical as well as the horizontal adjustment that's needed for compound archery. So we were able to remove those holes, change that riser a little bit so that that, that, um, that precise lock cable guard system could mount directly into the back of the riser. The other thing is when it comes to the arrow shelf itself, I'm really particular about the types of accessories that I put on and, you know, knock on makes an arrow rest that I'm a big believer in. I worked with AAE for several years to, to, to come up with the elevate rest. And when I set it up on the, the original um, NXTs, as well as on other brand bows as well, there's times where, once you set your arrow rest to the proper center shot to get the tune that you're needing through paper, sometimes the riser shelves start to, the radius starts to curve up um, kind of quickly and it dishes more towards the center of the riser so that when your arrow rest is in its perfect center shot placement, when you have a fall away rest that lays on the shelf like this one does, the right prong ends up being up in the air and the left one isn't. So we actually changed out and, and widened the base of that, um, that arrow shelf so that there's a flat landing spot on the back that gives enough space for the arrow uh, launcher or the arrow rest launcher to lay perfectly flat on the shelf without it giving any type of tension on one side or the other of the rest. And the other thing we did was we actually dished out the front of the riser so that it has like a built-in arrow trough for people that are shooting those fall away and limb driven style rests. In addition to that, we put two um, rest holes on the side of the riser instead of the single. So it actually has a dual tapped, a dual tapped um, rest mount um, which anytime you're shooting a fall away style rest or a limb driven style rest where there's a core just constantly jerking down on the back of that rest, it's, it's leverage, right? So you're literally pulling down on the back of something. And if you don't have two, um, 
two burger button screws set in there, then you have the potential of kind of cocking that rest down over time as you shoot. Um, the other thing is, by the way, just just as a, as an aside, I yeah. I I hate the term burger button. I, I we need to go away from that. I don't know who Burger was, and he was probably a great guy. But like we just call it that for so long. I'm like, as an industry, can we not just talk about like those are your rest mounting holes? Well, so that pe- that's so so what we called them, but I didn't. Yeah. People were like, wait, what's that? No, I think to your point, we're trying to bring new people into the sport. Be like, well, you have to look at your burger button. First of all, it's a hole, not a. It's a hole. Great, 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 grandpa. Like, no, dude, the Bergs, the Bergs, the Bergs. Burger hole, and then dang it, dang it, should have kept my name in this loop. There's no royalties associated with it, so I don't care. And <laughs> it's just a rest mounting hole. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, exactly. anyway, that well, was my look. My rest too, so you can you can mount that secondary one. The other one is um, I modified the the cable splitter that that separates the the cable for the dual cable track down for the Evolve system, and what I did there was I I gave a little hole through there so that you can have a direct mount, like literally a direct mount for your arrow rest or your drive cord for your arrow rest. So, you know, I kind of refer to it as a direct drive rest cord connector. So instead of your rest cord going down to a limb, it now goes right into this integrated system that's right at the cable splitter. So not only is your arrow rest cord much shorter, which is awesome from like hunting scenarios, especially it's a much cleaner look. You don't have it as close to your arrows um, that are in your quiver. So that cord is shorter, but more importantly, since it's going to that cable splitter, if you're using a limb driven style system, when you fire that bow, that cable connector isn't having near the over travel is what the limbs do. And on some model bows, and this is especially important on like target model bows where the limbs are more vertical, when that when those things are shot, they go past its resting point and then they come, you know, back and forth and back and forth. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of over travel on the limb. And when that over travel happens, that's exaggerated pressure being reefed on that cord and it's driving that launcher even harder into the riser than when you have it set simply in a flat position at rest. So people that have issues with like cracking or breaking their whale tails um, because they're slamming down on the riser so hard, a lot of times that's because of the over travel of their limbs. So this this system that literally lets you have that, you know, that direct rest cord right into the direct drive. Um, it just, it's so much more consistent and it, you don't have near the overall cord stretch that you do when you have to run it all the way down to the limbs. Um, I think people are going to really, really like that. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now on the website. And for those of you who are listening, um, you know, you, you want to check out uh, Dudley's new bow, just go to PSEArchery.com. And when you click on the uh, the bows tab, there's a, 
a tab there for the knock-on series bows. And uh, yeah, that just looks really slick because not only is that got the performance um, advantages that you just discussed, but from a setup standpoint, I'm seeing that as being super easy because all I have to do is take my activation cable through that hole, uh, you know, fray an end, make a ball, burn a ball on there, and that's not going to pull through. And then if I need to adjust length, you know, um, fine adjustments, I can probably take care of that up there at the rest itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it works really, really slick. And I, and honestly, like these are some of the things that I was doing on my custom builds before. Um, but, you know, they were things that, you know, I did bring those forward and showed the guys at Hoyt. And they're like, oh, don't drill and tap that out. They'll crack. Um, you know, because they weren't like made for that intention. And, uh, I don't know. I just, once I started shooting it, I realized just how clean of a system and how clean of a position that is. So yeah, we're, you know, this is something that I feel like can maybe change, um, the way people are setting up their rests. And this just makes it so convenient for the dealer to be able to just feed this thing through that, through that pilot hole and go right up to the rest, pull it down. Like I said, it's less, it's less overall material. So it's, it's less overall stretch as well. And then the last thing that I think people are really going to, and this was what caught most people's eyes at the show, um, was for the longest time I've wanted to integrate a, a, like a, a, a bow pod, um, or, I'm calling it a quick stand system because what we've done is I removed the lower stabilizer holes off the NXT riser. And by that, I mean, um, on those, on the current, uh, PSE NXTs, there were two stabilizer holes, one in the standard position that's right below the grip. And then there was one way down by the lower limb pocket. So by removing that and kind of creating that beef back into the riser, I was able to incorporate this like riser ready quick stand that's integrated right into the bow. And so what that does is the angles are predetermined and calibrated to where when you have a specific size um, quick stand, you can screw these two things, you know, they're literally two sticks, you screw them right into each side of the riser. And your bow then has the ability to stand up, um, which is 100% designed for either I hunt a lot out of a redneck blind or a muddy blind. Um, I, you know, any type of blind hunting where you've got level ground, it works awesome. Shooting in the range, you know, I don't have a bow hook in my, you know, in my range the way it's laid out. So I always have to carry my bow halfway down to the target or carry my bow all the way to the target and lean it against something. And this thing, um, I posted some slow motion videos of shooting with it. It doesn't change the feel of the bow. Um, super lightweight. We've also got a, a pretty cool little system that allows you to, to take both of these sticks off and screw them together. And then you can load those sticks just like a, a, a full length arrow into your quiver and you're able to have it with you and then, you know, take it out, unscrew them or, or they're super easy just to put in your backpack. You know, they're, 
They're no more than 14 inches long, so it's easy for you to just slide in your backpack. And if you go to a, a hunting blind, you can just screw them in real quick, put an arrow in your on your string, load your release on there, and stand your bow up next to you and have it ready to go. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it on the website right now, and it's it looks really cool um, and obviously very functional. I have gotten to be just a huge fan of the bow stands, you know, and I just use the ones that clip onto your bottom limbs as, you know, everyone is pretty familiar with those, but this is a great system because it's not touching the limbs and you can shoot with it on there and you're not going to damage the bow. You're not going to change the performance of the bow. You're not going to damage the, the stand. You talked about how light these are. Are those carbon rods, John? Yeah. Yeah. You can, I mean, we're going to, we're going to offer kits for people. Um, but you can also, you know, if you use a stiff enough arrow shaft, you can certainly make them yourself. The stiffer shaft just, you know, prevents those things from flexing out and like bowing over to where your bow would tip over. But also, you know, the stiffer shaft prevents it from having a different feel when you're shooting it. So there'll be some, you know, some inexpensive uh, stick kits that, you know, people can get at their dealerships. But um, you know, I don't, it's certainly something if someone looks at it, they're going to, they're going to be able to, to make it happen too. At this point, we're still, uh, there's a, I'm, I'm actually getting a block today that's going to have, um, a new thread and tap system in there for me to, to approve because the ones that we had at the show were very like makeshift. So they actually, you know, they had a finer thread, which, probably isn't preferred if you're going to be running it in and out a lot. Um, so we're making a, a few little tweaks from some of those show um, floor models that I think are going to give a better product in the end. But as of at least right now, I'm not 100% on on what those threads are going to be, but it's a, it's a very simple system that's super effective. Yeah, but they do screw in there. They're like I'm looking at the picture. They're not just sliding into the hole, right? They screw into the riser. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and there and those are, um, it's basically just an arrow shaft with that's got like a, a fixture at one end with a with some with like a bolt that comes out the end to screw in essentially. I can't see the bottom of it either. What do you have at the bottom? Do you have some kind of a little foot or something so that you're not getting mud and dirt shoved up in, inside the shaft? Right now, there's not. No. Like I said, this is um, it's something that has its practicalities. It's good for on the range and, and you know, good for on the back patio or back deck or good for in the blind. Um, certainly, as these things get used, we'll probably make tweaks to them. Um, the only thing with, you know, having foot foots on them or anything like that, they, it really depends on when you screw them in where the stopping point is. Right. So wherever that thing stops, you don't want a foot pointing in the opposite direction. Um, and also adding weight to the end of them, start to make it have, you know, different vibration. So, um, it's certainly something that, that people can make those tweaks. Um, I think once you see the system, you're going to realize this, this is makes it super convenient for having your bow propped up, you know, 
Um, it's perfect for that. You know, it's, it's not something that you're going to have and do spot and stocks with, or, you know, be out in a, in a sloppy situation and prefer to have them on there. It's definitely going to have its application, but the nice thing is if it's applicable, screw them on. If it's not, then you got just a regular everyday bow that, that you're using just like any other time you're out. Now, do those come with the bow? You get a set of the sticks? No, it'll be something that's separate. Yeah. If people choose to use that feature, um, it'll be an accessory. Well, you know, a lot of thought gone into this in a short period of time, John. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything on the tech side of things that we didn't cover. But if we did, you know, one thing that I want to point out, too, is just... Um, Dude, it's a pretty sharp looking bow, you know, and it's pretty dramatic if you're a, 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 an industry watcher and you're familiar with everybody's branding because, as you know, PSE is like red and black, man. That's Pete's color scheme. And so when you see them putting out these green bows with, with the uh, fluorescent uh green you know knock on badging i mean this is it's pretty cool and pretty pretty uh uh, startling i guess but i don't mean that in a bad way you know what i mean but it'll definitely turn people's heads is what i'm trying to say yeah it uh that was one of the things when we were i was trying to figure out how are we going to tell everybody about this change and I was just sitting there thinking the best way to to have people say, wait, what is if that red logo turns green? Um, you know, so and that's one of the cool things about, you know, like they said, this partnership is, you know, knock on will have its own series within the PSC lineup and what those bows are or how many there'll be is really is really up to to me or our community to make that decision. Um, I'm not saying, you know, I think I definitely don't want to saturate it. I think as I, as I come up with things that are legitimate and new and, you know, and, and there's been more feedback and trial and error moving forward, we'll, we'll continue to grow on this. But as for now, I'm just trying to make something that I feel like, has a lot of really good practicality. It's user friendly. Um, it's definitely not the most expensive bow in the lineup, which there is a knock on version of, of, you know, the Mach one stealth. Uh, you know, there is a, there is a knock on version of that. And yeah, there might be a time when I shoot it. Um, but I feel like there's also a very large portion of the consumers out there that aren't into that super high-end carbon market yet. And this is a good fit. And I think down the road, there's probably, before I do another high-end model, there's probably going to be a lot of focus on bringing um, the best introductory type system that I can to people that I'm getting into archery for the first time. Yeah, I'm glad you you mentioned that. Uh, and just real quick, I, w- I want to say something. But what is the cost of this um, NTN thirty three? 
I think it's I think in a uh, MAP is at like eleven ninety nine. I think where it's at. Because um, one thing I was going to say is it's you know it, it isn't the most expensive bow on the market by any means, and just as a whole, I think PSE. Um, really is one of the very best in the industry and has been for years. Um, PSE has always had a really strong middle class in their lineup. And if you're, to your point, you know, if you're somebody who's looking to get into archery, um, PSE has made really good five and six hundred dollar bows for a long, long time. And, you know, I've often thought that somebody like yourself or another well-known, you know, shooter in this industry would really do well for themselves um, from a PR standpoint, I think, from a goodwill standpoint, but just from a just from connecting with people too. If you if some if you would say even, you know, I'm just gonna take this, like I'm gonna do a knock-on version of the stinger or the brute. And do you know how many of those things you would sell, dude? Because they're good bows. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I've I always tried to take time to where I would do an accurate bow review and an accurate bow setup and also do hunts with bows that were that were in those types of things you know when i was with hoyt i told people i was a i was a a very firm believer in the need for like those power max style bows and and you know that are within that that low to mid range and have something that's a bow that's that's a quality bow that people can shoot still be accurate with but also not have this very clear difference to you know you don't want you don't want an inner entry level bow or or mid-range bow that is so clearly different than than the other ones to where they feel like they're not adequate having it you kind of need that middle ground and yeah there were times where i would i would shoot the some of the middle range bows versus the upper end bows within those lines um just to show people out there like hey if you've got this thing you know if if this is the only bow you have that's cool like it still shoots good and it it's it still has a lot of features that at one time were were awesome and if you if you really follow archery you also notice that you know if you look at some of these lines like mission for example or you know or like some of the models that you talked about with with pse you know you talk about like stingers or brutes a lot of the features that are within these models these are features that a while ago were like the premier feature being shown at the show you know but as they've got older and things have slightly changed and cosmetics or angles have slightly changed yeah there are newer models and newer materials that are more expensive but when you look at the basic geometry of the bow and what's there like some of those bows are dang near as good as a a headliner bow of the past you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. It's uh, that's where <clears throat> that's where all the value I say, you know, is in in new bows is in those um, those sort of your your seventy five percent 
price bows, if you will. I, I, I just kind of made that up. But basically what I'm saying is, you know, you look at what the top bows are going to go for nowadays, which is going to be anywhere from 1000 to $1,500. So knock that down by a quarter and you're in that, you know, $750 range. And it's exactly what John just said is that's going to be your bow that was more or less your flagship bow from two to three years ago. And now you're going to get it at a, at a great discount. And it still is probably giving you 95% of the performance of that new bow. Cause let's face it, John bow technology is so advanced nowadays. You know, how often do we really see, you know, quantum leaps in, in improvement. Now we, we see, we see gradual and incremental change far more often than we see revolutionary changes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, you know, like we said, you know, we're reaching, we're kind of reaching the point of max efficiency in things. So a lot of these little details, I think are going to come forward and, and make some of these systems more user friendly and also, more friendly for people, you know, I have a lot of people that follow us that they do like to set up their own stuff. And there's, you know, there's way more that go into a shop and they rely on a good archery shop. But, you know, one of the natural progressions of archery is just getting to the point where you feel like I want to learn to fletch my own arrows or, man, I'm going to try tackling changing my string for the first time. You know, I, I want to buy a bow press. I don't want to drive to the shop or I don't have time to drive the shop. And, you know, just making some of these things just a little bit more, I don't know, specific and user friendly, I think are pretty cool because at least on our platform, we're able to show people exactly why we've made these changes and, and how they fit certain things. And, I don't know. As an industry, I think all that's important. Like you said, even though a lot of this stuff, you know, how to fletch arrows, that's an old thing, but we're making it new again. Right. You know, um, same thing with just basic set, basic setup and tuning. I think overall, as consumers start to be more educated and understand this stuff, I think that they one, the dealers need to stay current because you don't want your you don't want your customers being more current than you. But I think just overall knowledge of that stuff is healthy. I think when people, and I say this a lot about shooters that I have as students, I don't want to be the person, the coach that I know everything about my shooter's setup, but they don't know nothing. I, I want them to learn they need to know if something goes wrong and they're out on a mountain in a field, you know, if all of a sudden they're shooting low, they need to just understand like knock an arrow, put it on the rest. Has my knock point slid up? If so, what happened? Did a limb, did a limb crack or has one of the cables moved severely and move that up? Or did something come loose on my rest and now it's dropped down? Like some of that basic stuff, letting people have an understanding. It's not a matter of, they don't need you anymore. It's a matter of they'll actually stay in the sport longer and they'll enjoy it more because if things like that happen, they know how to address them. And I don't know. I I honestly think that people get more and more inquisitive the more that they start to kind of know. They kind of want to try other things and start to 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 try you know to play around and and tinker around. So. I think it's healthy overall. I really do. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to the next 
thing that I wanted to talk about because obviously, you know, we've covered making the move to PSE and, and we talked about the knock on bows and obviously, um, you know, you and PSE are hoping to sell a bunch of those and it'll be good for, for both of you. But another big focus of, for, for you and everything that you've done with the knock-on brand ever since it got started is that educational aspect. And I know uh, from other things that I had seen uh, related to this switch, and, and you kind of alluded to it, but we didn't talk about it specifically, is that this partnership, as you refer to it, you know, between yourself and PSE is going to allow you to do, you know, certain things in that regard educationally and expanding your platform and providing things to, you know, not just to PSE shooters, but to archers and the entire archery community. So, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, sort of wrap up today's episode with is, yeah, okay, we know that you're flying the PSE flag and you've got some product, you know, to promote and to sell, but bigger than that, longer term, as you look to the future, you know, what are the other things that we can expect from PSE and John Dudley as you guys collaborate uh, and serve, you know, that, that archery community and try to grow it? Well, I think, you know, the sky's the limit, really. At this point, my main focus is going to be just really coming out with a product that I can educate with and something that, you know, honestly, I've wanted to do for a long time. I mean, it's it's certainly cool to have, you know, my own, I guess, inspired bow. It's certainly not my engineering design. It's, you know, the... The people that internally at PSE were a, a very well kept secret. You know, I don't know if it was intentional that, you know, Pete didn't talk about some of the minds that they had there, but the truth is they have some some super talented people there. And to be able to just spin off of some of that and make this bow come to light now, that's certainly the short term, but you know, being able to have the ability to decide whether I want to, you know, if I want to host things for our followers, if I want to host things for consumers, if I want to go on a, you know, a full, if I decide I want to bring out a target model, like, okay, let's bring out a target model. You know, if I want to bring out a recurve, let's, let's do that. Like it, there's really no restrictions, which is what makes it fun. Um, for now, I'm just going to try my best to to do what we're doing now with our followers, but have a a better platform and then also just a better ability to maybe make the content a little bit higher level. Um, you know, having support, immediate support and having allocated, you know, budget and allocated people that are in direct support of the knock on side of PSE. It just allows me to not have to, you know, make a pitch, wait for that pitch to go into a meeting, you know, wait for that meeting to then go into another level. Like it doesn't, if I, if I really have an idea, I can make a call and, and know whether or not that idea can be happening tomorrow or not you know, which is just a very different situation than, than what I had before. Man, it's, uh, 
it's exciting is what it is, you know, and uh, I think that you're just even in talking about the new, you know, the Evo NTN, there you're taking, you know, solid engineering, right, that's holding up on the on the design uh, end of things, you know, and it, but then you're taking some of the practical things where it's like, yeah, I know this is good or this will work, but I'm telling you guys in the real world, you know, the way that I shoot, I work with a lot of students, right? I'm around people all the time. And these changes are going to be of, of tangible value, you know, whether it's in terms of making the setup of the bow easier or the tuning of the bow easier, or it's actually going to increase the forgiveness, um, you know, on the shot and, and, and the consistency of the way the bow shoots. And man, that's an awesome combination when you get that, like you said, that, that sort of rock star engineering design team inside the walls at PSE. And then, you know, yourself and, and other people on that high level, it's, it's putting it all together and coming out with a package that, you know, is something that, you know, having not shot it, I can tell you this, I definitely want, after my conversation with you today, I definitely want to get my hands on one and, and experience it, you know, and I'm excited to see what you guys, you know, have up your sleeves in, in the future. Yep. Well, who knows what'll be in the future. And the other thing too, is you got to realize like there's a whole other line there, you know, the products there. And I think it's a, a very underrated product. And I, you know, I think uh, a lot of PSE dealers are doing backflips right now saying like, Oh my gosh, we're not the only ones, you know, we're not having to like make this, this claim every single time a, a customer comes in the store or someone's finally telling telling people what we've been telling people for a long time, which is awesome. But yeah, there's more bows than, than just ours in the line too. I just know that from my point of view, I've waited a long time to, to be able to have something that I'm passionate about be put to, to, to use on a model. And, and I'll be curious to see where it goes. You know, there's, there's things that we may try and end up not liking, but there's certainly going to be continually things that, are going to be exactly what we want and exactly what, what we want to bring forward. And yeah, that's, what's super exciting about it. All right. I got to ask you one more question and then, and then we'll, we'll move towards the end here. How does Sharon feel about all this? Cause that's the most important thing. Oh yeah, for sure. No, Chaz was, um, she was a big part of this at the very beginning every single conversation and decision that that we've made here the two of us have have kind of put our heads together on um because the thing that a lot of people don't see is you know they see what i'm doing in front of them in the videos or through posts or on podcasts but then there's a whole other side of this which is the whole knock on archery store um which just really kind of sets a really cool bar for customer service and, and people's ability to buy products from us. And that's all Sharon and something that, you know, she literally started from day one. And you know that, you know how much 
you know, we grew from it grew from from your garage to like yeah. the fa- the fancy building that you have now that I haven't visited yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of gone to like four. You know, it's kind of transpired to four different locations. And yeah, there was certainly a time where Sharon was spending you know ten or twelve hours a day just grinding that on that herself. And you know now she's able to oversee all that with a really cool team that we have. And we the whole thing was how are our followers and how is our community going to respond to this? And you know Sharon was she was actually the one that said it to me and said, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't you leaving Hoyt. This is a, she's like, this decision is bigger than you. You know, this decision is, is bigger than you. This is, you're making this decision for the knock on nation, you know, and she's the first one that kind of came up with that term knock on nation because I was just saying, wow, that like, I, I think I said something like, I don't even like referring to the people that I'm talking with in posts and stuff. I don't like to refer to them as, as followers because I don't see them as followers because they're always talking to us. You know, we're, we're literally fully committed to, to dealing with them. I mean, Instagram is definitely our biggest engagement, um, because I spend the most time there. And so I can respond the most there, but, um, she was the one that said, no, it's, they're not followers. This is like, this is a nation. They're, they're part of, you know, we're a knock on nation. And that's when that, that kind of tagline stuck. And then through that, you know, fast forward, nine years and we're here making, having to make this decision this summer. And she, you know, was the one that pretty much just said, you know, you can't let this tear you up. This isn't, this isn't a decision about you. You know, this isn't the things that you want to do for, for our community is never going to happen the way they are right now. She's like, so this decision you know, if it is about you, then stay where you're at. If it's not about you, then you need to do what's going to be able to let you bring more to the community and more to the nation. And that's the decision we made. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we always joke about saying, I'll tell people I I knew that guy when, but just listening to you talk right now, I think it wasn't very long after you started writing for me that you showed me that knock on logo and you're like, I've got something really cool and uh, I'm just going to show this to you, you know, like, what do you think of this, man? And I like looked at that thing and I was like, yeah, I was like, I think that you might be able to do something with that. And uh, I think you've done something with that, man. Dude, you did the first photo shoot. <laughs> I did. Yeah, remember, you're like we we had to like we were doing the first shirts we ever got. In the I rem- I remember the first ones. Honestly, like it, they were okay. They were okay. <laughs> yes, they were okay. Like your second stuff was way better. Like the logos were a little small on some of the first stuff. I mean, just think about it. It was all the growing pains of starting something from nothing, you know, and yeah, to, yeah. to to see where uh, you've totally you've come. That. Yeah, it's that needs uh, to be like your picture for the podcast. Is you like to, you know that that old tailgate, you know, 
you'll have to calendar shot we did of you with the first knock on shirt was that on that turkey hunt that i went out there for yeah Mm -hmm. i think it was turkey hunted before your deer hunt right didn't you turkey yeah Mm -hmm. and then we kind of use that as like a scout kind of like as a pre-scout yeah yeah absolutely and we didn't even get to talk about hunting at all today so i'm gonna leave it leave it with this because we're at we're at over an hour here but can i get your commitment john that you know so that you'll come back sometime in the spring and we'll talk about like tack and and summertime 3d shooting and stuff and then maybe we can talk about some of there i'll be there yeah we'll have a on range at the tap are, to all of them are you coming to seven springs this year yeah we'll have a we'll have we have a full knock-on course and we'll have a, a big knock-on um, experience party in pennsylvania and then either on the front end of that or the back end of that we're planning a, a really big uh party with uh with lancaster archery to a big okay. uh, store so, promo so so yeah, we'll so be into that for sure. i was i was gonna say so that's the uh i know this for a fact well since we're doing the shameless promotion let's just go all the way here john uh, <laughs> the i know that tack opened registration for seven springs last weekend over the ata and i actually got an email from them that so many people were trying to sign up for the event that it crashed the registration oh. system did they get that straightened out and is registration back up now you can try calling Sean, but you'll probably go to voicemail. <laughs> no, no, I mean for general. It's probably almost sold sold yeah, out already. Yeah, he told me that our ranges on some of the spots sold out in like minutes. Um, and yeah, the the tack is just exploding right now. There's, you know, there. I know there were some issues, and as much as they tried, um, he said that the the amount of traffic that was going in at one time was just more than the system could handle so i think they've had to work through some of those those hiccups but one of the things that i will tell you is sean and his wife that run that organization they they've run some some big events you know their event coordinators as well as you know the tac people and they really do such an awesome job running an event so it's unfortunate there was a hiccup during this sign up, but I think just the amount of traffic that went there is kind of just a, a sign of how popular that's coming right now. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. I've been going out, I've been go, shooting the tack um, like every year for the past uh, quite a number of years. And um, prime uh, usually has a dealer summit out there and, and I started shooting it with with some of those guys from prime and and then I just continued last year I brought Timmy along um, he's 14 now so I'll have to bring Timmy back this year and maybe he and I can piggyback and weasel our way into that that knock-on group and shoot the course with you guys and that would be fun yeah it would be fun it'd be really cool well uh, thanks dude for having me on having me on your podcast too it's been a while it has been too long and like i said we'll get you back again um just congratulate you for all the success that you've had so far and uh i wish you uh continued success in the future i think that uh with with this new partnership you're definitely uh on the right track and it sounds like you're off to a really strong start with the uh with the, the, the new bow and 
excited to see what you do this year. So thanks again, man, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, the official podcast of hardcore bowhunters. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bowhunting on your local newsstand or check us out on the web at bow 